we have we're we started? I, I should have gone I believe to the, the producer put the on-air light on, bud. Should have went to the washroom earlier. It's 2.45 go. p.m. No, I, I'm good. Go, let's do it. Just go, man. Just do it. Just like Dumb and Dumber. I can How last are you? 60 minutes. I'm, I'm well. How was Toronto? Toronto was outstanding. I mean, the football aspect of it, and it, it's funny. G-Roy and I shared a flight home on Sunday night. Uh, we're on the same flight, I guess, is the proper way to say it. We didn't share a small plane, but um, <laughs> I think we would have And I kind of, I kind of asked him, you know, how does this compare? Because you know, you can only watch the bench press, you can only watch the forty-yard dash, and you know, pick up a few things. And it kind of, kind of gets a bit old after a while. But he said, you know what? Honestly, I'm paraphrasing, but he felt it was the deepest combine he's done in. As a scouting That's role. Good. So if only there was a play where a guy got into a sprinter's, um, you know, in the in in the blocks type of uh, you know stance, and then just r- sprinted down the field as fast as he could. I mean, let's come on, like seriously, guy, like you watch the the combine, either one, or did they let them wear track shoes? Because in the NCAA combine or the NFL combine, they wear track shoes. And then they're in a sprinter stand. Like it, it's, I think it's that's com- the same. Yeah. Yeah. In an open field, you can see a guy is really super fast. That's great. But I mean, it's such a, you know. Yeah, but you know, yeah, but to answer your question, it was you could tell you know a lot of talent on display, and you know we spoke to Ed there and spoke to Ed uh, leading up to it. Ed Hervey, general manager, BC Lions, of course, and he said, you know, the important thing is, you know, you see them outside of their pads. Yes. And you see what kind of athletes they are. The receivers was an excellent group of receivers. Uh, the, watching those one-on-ones uh, to close things out on the Sunday at University of Toronto was very entertaining. Uh, a lot of spectators were Good. hooting and hollering, and um, Brendan Dickey, of course, a North Vancouver receiver, mm-hmm. highly touted prospect out of the University of Washington. He put on a pretty good show. I don't believe it, Matt. I don't yeah, think Canadian guys can play down in the States. I think that, No, I think well, that's they're why lying. they're scrapping the ratio. Yes. Right? But honestly, but yeah. we talked a bit about this, and we go to Toronto once a year. Yes. We don't always stay in Toronto. But anyway, uh, whenever you're in Toronto, you just feel like you're in a massive city. You know what yes, I'm getting at there? Just I do. I, and I, I reminded when we drove, <laughs> when we drove from Hamilton to... Montreal, because um, we remember we had back to back road games out there, and we drove through Went Toronto to on Canada Day of all days up yeah. to Kingston. My God, uh, no traffic that day. Oh, great! But I mean, one six lane road and six lanes in yeah. each direction, getting onto another six lane road. I mean, it's just it is a massive, massive area. When you look at a map. And I was, it's funny you should say that because Sydney and I were looking at uh, the map because we were talking about the NCAAs and where these different colleges were and stuff. The population from New York to Philadelphia to Boston to, you know, and then not that far away, Montreal and Toronto, like, like the millions upon millions upon millions of people who live in a very, very small area. It's incredible. Even just like you say, when you walk around your hotel, even at 1130 at night, a couple blocks away, and you're into the theater district and stuff, there's just people everywhere. They stay out late. They stay there. out late yeah. doing stuff. It kind of shuts down, uh, you know, out in the West kind of early, depending on where you are. So, you know, it was good. I mean, uh, and it's a credit to the CFL as well. They've they've made the combine into a big deal. Uh, we've been lucky on the content side, bclions.com, to have covered it for the past couple of years. And, CFL.ca does a great job live streaming the whole event. And, uh, yeah, again, talking to G-Roy and Ed Hervey, um, Tory Hunter, uh, all of our brass 
head coach Devon Claybrooks, his first, his first go as a head coach uh, evaluating players at the Combine. Uh, there's a lot of athletes, a lot yeah, of athletes, even you, though the, the club doesn't have a pick until round three. Right. The sense from our brass is that they're going to get some good players in these yeah, mid to deep. later rounds. Like you say, it's deep. And it all depends what your needs are. And hey, you never know. I mean, trades happen. Trades have happened Big, in the past. Maybe, maybe Last you move year, an example. Yeah. We'll see. Went and caught the beloved Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night. It was a last minute thing. I think, Original you know, six matchup. Saturday night. How many chances are we going to have to see the Maple Leafs um, at Scotiabank Arena, formerly Air Canada Centre? The pat, and we know this, and we're not going to make this a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast by any stretch. But jerseys from every Leafs era, you know, the current stars: Austin yeah. Matthews, Mitch Marner, Vancouver boy Morgan Riley. Uh, I saw a couple of Mike Palmatier jerseys in the crowd. Nice, uh, Doug Gilmore, Wendell Clark, Ian Turnbull. Yes, Ian Turnbull, <laughs> Dave Tiger Williams. Um, well, so, again, I think so it bad atmosphere to, in. You know, I think it speaks well. Two things. Obviously, the team has been there since the dawn of man, and there's a huge number of people who who live there. So obviously, there's going to be you know their 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 fandom is widespread over both time and space. So why wouldn't you see all those jerseys from all those decades? Right, makes sense. Yeah. So that was very neat. I mean, yeah. the hockey night in Canada environment. So that arena. It's twenty year old arena now. It's it's nice. It's held up. Obviously, they've touched it up over the years. Busy weekend. The Raptors were there. On Raptors played Oklahoma on Friday. Yeah. Then it was the hockey, and then the Charlotte Hornets uh, stunned them. I think on Sunday of buzzer beater. Well so done. Well played, Matt. It was a like very good. very Can't busy. And the Raptors. Yeah, very busy time around uh, the Union Station Scotiabank Arena corridor. And just think of all that mo- all the money that is spent in. Do they have Uber in Toronto? I'm yes. guessing they do. Right, they're an actual city. Yeah. Um, so they're in this century. Yeah. They yeah. Do. We use it a few times, in fact. Well, we've got bike lanes, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when you think of like the money, the restaurants, and and like like, okay, and I, I know there's as, probably as many reports that say sports teams do nothing to add to the economy, nor do stadiums. And everything, but where else do you see a consistent gathering of people, literally contributing to the tax base, right? Outside of sports, and, and you it, sp- and they spend money once they're in there. Like you know, you go in, you pay fourteen dollars for a Coors Light or whatever. Like it's yeah, yeah. very big business. There's yeah, a reason why MLSE is probably one of the top sports sure. entities in all of North America when you think of it. So Yeah, I guess they only own all those teams because they enjoy losing money. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm sure they don't make a dime. But uh yeah, no, very very fun time. Uh, it's it's always cool. I mean, you've done Grey Cups, you know, in in your in your communications roles uh, here in in Edmonton and it, it's just cool to see the entire league Together. Descend on one place, and you know you want to beat the hell out of each other on the field. Sure. But once you know off the field, it's it's good times. Well, and and don't forget too, um, so many of those guys know each other outside of the teams that they're with now. Played with each other, coached yeah. with each other, played played against each other. Those relationships go go way back. So you're right. We compete on the field, but you know it would be like well, I mean I for as many years as it took till there was way more people working in Edmonton that I didn't know. You still knew them all. You still wish them well and everything. But um, yeah, it's, it's a fun way to operate a league when you're all kind of up against each other in that sense. But at the same time, I mean, everybody wants what's best for the league. So I'm Matt Baker. He's Jamie Cartmel. 
You can always feel free to hit us up on Twitter at BakesTakes84. He is at Sweet Jimmy C. And that's a couple league folks like, where's Sweet Jimmy C at? Where's he at? Everyone, everyone's asking about you, man. It's hard work, baby. You yeah. gotta lay low. I saw a spider the size of my fist under my deck. <laughs> I, I left. I almost burned down the house when I saw this thing. It was so. I think that's what you call a wolf spider. Yeah. This was a wolf pack. This was like all the wolves into one spider. It was the biggest spider I've ever seen short of. Did you shriek? Did you yell? What'd you do? Stabbed it. (laughs) There you go. You see that video of the spider that crawled through the car door in Australia? How? I I don't know anybody. Talk about. Why do you want to live in these places? Snake. Anybody when there's snakes and spiders. See, people, people here. They wonder why people don't why people live on the prairies because the things like that that stuff's all gone. Well, that other than the fact dead. that you know a big reason why we, well, I live here because I was born and raised here. Some sure. people are people are born and raised in the prairies and they decide to stay there because it's home. And yeah. spider, I shouldn't have killed that spider. This thing was so big it yelled. That's how like when it died, it was huge. It actually, like I think it, it may have had like its own mode of transportation down there. I'm not kidding. It was huge. Yeah. And then I thought, ooh, that thing is, you know, because they say don't kill spiders because they kill other bugs and stuff, right? I think this thing may have killed a small cat in the neighborhood. This thing, I'm not. It's on steroids. Oh, ridiculous. So anyway, so yeah, deck flip went well. The house is in good shape because I do all the uh, cleaning anyway. So the the house house is in good shape with nobody in it. You do a lot of cleaning around the facility here too, so I'm not Had to drive my children to the airport on Saturday morning. So we live uh, out in the valley, as the kids say. And uh, we normally would just fly out of Abbotsford. Very handy, great airport. But... Something got screwed up on the flights or whatever flight we were trying to get out on. So you were going to YVR at like 1 a.m. Their flight left YVR at 6. 6 a.m. So for me, you know, that's an hour-ish drive, even in light traffic. And uh, so we got up at 3 to be on the road by 3.30 to be there for, you know, 4.30 because they were boarding that flight at 5 and I didn't know how busy, you know, security, you know, it's always a... It's always, you know, whatever. Yeah, you just a never wild know. card. You never know. So you obviously want to give yourself time. Yeah. You get there so early. Security's not even open yet at one end. Yeah, so it's either like, it's either really busy. Yes. Or like, you know, so during the week, business folks flying and, yeah. you know, sometimes they think, oh, I got a 6 a.m. flight. It's going to be dead, but it's, it's crazy. But yeah. um, so, other times it's, it's the exact yeah. opposite. So. And just when you need it to be, you know quiet it's not so anyway drop them off they go to their gate blah 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 so i i get back in the car paid five dollars to be there for seven minutes <laughs> that's it seems reasonable right why wouldn't you like you mean you you know you, you love your family you like to spoil them by evidence by all these trips why wouldn't you why wouldn't you fork out a few dollars and just stay at the there's a fairmont uh, hotel vancouver airport just a little family staycation the night before well that's what i said i said we might as well just stay at the hotel and just wait well that's that the whole idea was to get the cheaper flight going out of YVR. <laughs> so let's, because let's, yeah, let's, because, let's eliminate that and let's, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, Swoop is apparently, you know, they offer the flights at, at, a, at a great cost. Then you go to book it and all of a sudden, oh, the website's down. How convenient. The website's yeah. down. And then the website's back up and the flight's twice as much. How convenient. Way to go. So, yeah. 
Anyway, so it's so whatever. It worked out. Worked so out. you've so had you you've had a productive weekend, uh, just like we were there at uh, the combine. And what about that Duke game? Wasn't that something? I did happen to wrap up Deck Flip 2019 just in time to catch the second half of that game. No, how much did I watch that game? Second half. Yeah, I you know I it's it's the end of that game where you know that I, I'm not sure that that Central Florida shot hit the rim to reset the 30 to get the rebound to you know to be up. Da, 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 down the other end. Close maybe, play to maybe overturn, charge, maybe, uh, yeah. Nice to see the Canadian kid put it back in the hoop. I'll Barrett, say this. Yeah. I'll say, and maybe I'm completely wrong. We better have a really good Olympic team if we can ever qualify for the Olympics in basketball. Well, I read is that there... Jay Triano is stepping down as coach. Does that mean Andrew Wiggins comes back aboard? Yeah. That... Isn't Nash supposed to be recruiting all these guys? Because our for a, a country like ours and i know basketball is an indoor sport last time i looked i mean i mean it can be played indoor and outdoor but we do a lot of stuff um there's there's a lot of time in the winter to be to be playing basketball and other things indoors we should have a killer olympic team where has it ever been i think they remember well i recall sydney i think it was sydney 2000 when steve nash was still playing where they made it to the quarterfinals and I think even lost to a, a France team that probably they should have beat. So yes. it's been so all been these almost guys, twenty years since we have no excuse. We have no excuse for not having a decent Olympic team provided. But I mean, who are the other guys? So what happens though is a bunch of nobodies try and get us qualified, and then these guys all then these guys all play. shuttle in. Yeah, no, you're right. So I don't know. Would like to see them uh, be more competitive uh, for sure sooner rather than later. Head coach Devon Claybrooks joins us next. This is First and Now. First and Now, Episode 5. How y'all doing? Matt Baker, Jamie Cartmel, and we have rounded up. He's now a two-time guest on the program. Head coach Devon Claybrooks, uh, you're you're looking good, big fella. Solid weekend in Toronto. You're looking good. Yeah, a little lean, a little slim and trim right now. Yeah. Seen you uh, drinking lots of water and a couple salads. Yeah, you're re- looking really good. Anybody who knows me knows that my name and salads do not go in the same <laughs> sentence together, but I get your point. <laughs> You know what's interesting, though, as you you're you're a subscriber to this podcast, and we were talking about spiders in the earlier segment. Jamie Cartmel was fending off spiders outside as he was repairing the deck out there in Aldergrove. You were bit by a spider once. Yeah, I was in NFL Europe uh, at practice, taking a knee and got bit on the shin, and I, it was a hole. It's a hole in my leg, and uh, luckily I was fat, so the Poison took a while to travel through the bloodstream. What the hell kind of spider in Europe would, would cause that kind of problem? Uh, brown recluse. Jeez. It was just on the field? Yeah. This was during pretty, practice, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty, yeah. I was taking a knee having water, and I thought it felt like a mosquito bite. I was like, oh, and I smacked my leg, and you could see, like, the legs crawled up and up into a ball. And I told the trainer I got bit, and he was like, oh, you're just trying to get out of practice. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, my leg looked like Did you like say that, my, like, in a heavy German accent? You're just trying to get out of the practice, is Devon. <laughs> We're <laughs> trying to pump you up. <laughs> <laughs> there are no spiders in Germany. <laughs> yeah, like, he really didn't have a German accent, but I get your point. Yeah. But that's, um, you know, as scary as that was for you, and we, we talked a bit about that earlier, 
that was a reason you wound up winning a Super Bowl. In a yeah, it seems like every time I get a near-death experience, something exciting happens to my life. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yes. we'll run you over in the parking lot later. <laughs> Can help you with that. And you have a tattoo on your leg now, correct? We're going to tweet out a photo of this, but explain to our listeners and fans more about this spider and what went into the tattoo. Well, I had a so technically, if you want to, if you scratch my leg, you're really scratching my butt because it's a piece of skin of a skin graft from my hip. But um, no, uh, it it was a hole there, and then one night, uh, after a few pops, I decided to turn the hole into a tattoo because everybody keeps asking me, "What's that hole in your leg?" So I just used it as the body of the spider and turned it into a spider. Amazing. And so after you told the non-German trainer what happened, like, did he believe you? And then what, uh, no, what was the like aftermath it, of that? Then they put like? me on a plane from German, Dusseldorf, Germany to uh, Birmingham, Alabama, because that's where they treated everybody at Hell South, which is the worst thing to do for any kind of poisonous spider or any poison. Because the altitude thins the blood out and it speeds up the process. Hence the point of the doctor saying that if I wasn't fat, I probably wouldn't have been here and able to survive that. The crazy part is when I got there, my mom and my grandmother were already at the hospital. And you guys know my mom. And the first thing she says, the doctor's like, well, we we don't really know what type of spider bit. And we're going to try to make an educated guess on the wound pattern and the toxins in this body. And uh, we're laying I'll never forget this. My mom's on one side. My grandma's on the other. My temperature's like 106. So it's, my body's shutting down. Ooh. And uh, the doctor, the, my mom goes, whatever you do, baby, don't go into the light. Just don't go into the light. Whatever you do. Yeah. So you can really see my mom saying that. But uh, then I uh, did rehab. They, like, actually stuck galls in the hole and pulled it out every six hours, trying to pull the core of the poison out. And then they took a piece of skin off my hip and laid it in there and then. It just slowly filled from the inside. Still kind of hollow, as you can see on the picture, but it's a work in progress. And then how long before you were able to I was strap like two months. On? Two months. Wow. Yeah, so it was a great rehab process. That was probably the skinniest I've ever been. I really had like four abs instead of three and a quarter. Do you ever have to stop and think about how close a call it really was? Well, my mom always told me that you know God has a plan for me because he keeps – taking me these near-death experiences, bringing me back. So I was like, well, you make those sacrifices for, I can't trade my life for anything, so it's blessed life. So when did you start to discover the ability to spin webs and fight crime? Well, my brother and it was funny you'd say that because they were, they, they clown me when I got bit. Like, I, you, would, you would think that, like, there are words of sympathy and, you know, the consoling. My brother's like, no, you're just too fat because you can't be Spider-Man because you slide right down the wall. There's no <laughs> well, way I think we stick. live now in an age of inclusion. That probably will be Spider-Man 14. It would be a plus size Spider-Man. Why wouldn't there be? They're due to make another Spider-Man. Like I saw Black Panther. It should, be like, it should be like the Spider-Team, and they should just have all different, like a tall, skinny one, a fat one, a short one. You can be the short one, babe. That was going to say, if, <laughs> yeah, height nice. wasn't my strong suit. But say you are a superhero, who on this coaching staff would you want as your main sidekick? Other than Stubler, of course. I don't know, because then they can, whoever I pick, the other other ten are going to be like, the other nine are going to be like, well, you pick me, coach. That's up, blah, Head blah, coaches blah. have to make very unpopular decisions, Devon. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm dealing with you. So, I mean, I get that off the gate. I've been very easy to deal with. Yeah. You know Opinions vary on that one, Jamie. The so. director of reality. Yes, yes. Jamie. <laughs> Jamie. Well, then I guess all those hours you've spent in my office seeking my counsel 
Listen, you don't tell everybody that. Okay. You, you never brag about being behind the they curtain. Don't be on the air, you know, shit-talking me when you know who's <laughs> Shit-talking you. I'm just saying the truth. <laughs> I, was told we, I, was tell, I was told in an earlier meeting, in a prep meeting, we can curse. So We can curse. Well, I, yeah, but like we can say easy, what we want on this show. Yeah. yeah. Easy oh. to on. Anyway, so we'll get, we'll get, you know, but not forced. Just, you yes, know. as it flows. I, I, I can put my coach's hat on and then you just get beep, 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 beep. You um, found a place to live. Finally. How are you, how are you liking the area? Love it. Now that the weather kind of turned on us, it's been beautiful. I mean, you got to love it. It's Vancouver. Spring, baby. What do you love most about uh, the West Coast so far, other than the football? Uh, the weather. I, I think it's great because you can play golf and all that. I'll participate. I don't really golf. play. What, like you golf. I said participate. I'll smoke cigars and drive the cart. Driving the cart and pounding beers is not participating. In I don't drink game. beer. I got to watch my voluptuous figure. Yeah. Um, I bet you could bet you could hit it pretty good, though. Just yeah, it's, it's great. I can hit it great. It's just not straight. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of us have that problem. And we're kind of just uh, conversing earlier. Uh, we're talking about first concert. What was your first concert? I know you're big into music pop culture <laughs> willie nelson no what? way really yeah my grandfather took me to willie nelson he was at uh, like a festival in greensboro or something farm aid yes yeah, so it was something like that but it was a festival first country concert what was that like? oh it was it was crazy because you're i think i was like 10 or 11 and we were running around and we're like they're showing boobies <laughs> <laughs> Willie Nelson was? <laughs> we were like, what are they doing here? Like, you know, because it's just like right. a, it's, everybody's on this big field. And it's just it's just a debauchery. It was great. And then it's like, here you are, me and my, my, my three brothers and myself just running around there <laughs> like a chicken with a head cut off. Oh, did you see that girl over there? Did you see that girl over there? So, <laughs> no, nah, that was my first concert. But the best concert I've seen was uh, U2 in um, Madison Square Garden. It was pretty wow. Cool. Yeah. Okay, you go to New York a lot, don't you? Yeah, I yeah. try to. Yeah. Get to some Yankee games, even though. But you're rocking the Detroit Tigers. Hat the team baby. color okay. and the D for Devon. Yeah, you're right. You know, D so. for Devon and, and yeah. the orange. It's a bit of a reach. You too. You're just a hater, Jamie. I'm not a hater. Just, just keeping it real, baby. It's very angry over there. I'm not angry. Can, we gonna give him a group hug and saying "Kumbaya" in a second. I don't need anything. Get around from the campfire and and yeah. Which U2 tour was it? I don't remember. What were they playing? Well, what songs were they? Do you know any of their songs? Might help. Well, obviously I knew a few if I just went to the concert, but I just heard that they put on a great show and one of my friends invited me and I decided to go. I didn't saw really know. Saw you but two twice. Saw you two. Um, saw the pop tour. I think that was '97 at Disco Tech. That was the single first single off. Pop. Sat <laughs> literally. They they you know they always set up the same the, the stage at the same end in Commonwealth. You know mm-hmm. down in front of the dress rooms. They're literally in the upper deck in the like the last row possible at the end of the north side of the stage. So like opposite the stage. Opposite yeah. the stage. So did wow. you have like some binoculars or a telescope or yeah. something? No, I no. Telescope. What am I looking for new newfound lands? No, I no, I didn't have a telescope. I just uh, just enjoyed the concert. Yeah, you couldn't believe when you're a fan that you're seeing them live. Right. Like, did you think that about? I'm like that about Jay Z or I'm like that about uh, other athletes. Like when I met like Michael Jordan and that type. When you're like, oh, because I got uh, they wow. did when I was at East Carolina. They um, they had the Michael Jordan golf 
golf tournament there. So, like, all the football players got to, like, chaperone and drive them around. And oh, really? Them around. So I got MJ one year, and then I got Charles Barkley the next year. So wow. Chuck. Those, those are, and they bet a lot of money on it. Yes, they do. Yeah, like, they were like, we're, I'm driving one car, and my buddy's driving another, and they're like, Oh, I'll bet you ten thousand we beat you to the next hole. And I'm like, it's a golf <laughs> oh cart. <laughs> yeah, what? it's a golf cart, and it's like battery powered. Like it's not like it's a real engine. But no, it was fun. And then they played poker and all this other stuff. It was good. It was good. Fun well, there play. is that theory that MJ didn't retire to play baseball. He was actually kicked out for gambling. But that's another story for another Whoa. day. As Man, we let's not get ourselves in, embroiled in some sort of a uh, But this is an actual rumor that's out here. there on the internet. Anyway. It's enough going so on So you today. believe everything you hear on the internet? You read <laughs> oh, the yeah, internet? clearly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as we kind of bring it full circle uh, with head coach Devon Claybrooks, uh, yes, fresh back uh, from the Combine in Toronto. I know, I know we talked, and you can check out bclions.com. Not your first time evaluating players, but your first go at it as a head coach. What kind of talent did you see? It's a very uh, deep talent pool. It's a lot of guys that uh, can fit into team situations. You know, with uh, the versatility that we have of our roster, we're just looking for the best player available, see if we can add some Canadian depth and Canadian talent. So sky's the limit, really. Getting close to camp, right? I think we're six, seven weeks out. I know uh, the coaching staff is going to go check out the facilities up there soon. Uh, really starting to feel real around here, Devon. It, it feels real every day you get here. It, feel, it feels real every day you get here, trust me. And it seems like the more you do and then you knock off your list, it seems like you add four more things to it. But it's been a fun process, and I'm enjoying it and embracing it and looking forward to getting the guys out there and uh, in Kamloops and cutting them loose. What's the most important thing for you right now heading into this season? I mean, you've had the coaches in. They're working on playbooks. You're, you obviously will lean towards the defensive side of the ball, but – What's the most important thing for you right now as the head coach, first-year head coach, and where's your comfort level with where we're at? I'm actually very happy where we're at. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say we're behind at all, and we're right where I expected us to be. If you, know, you draw out a template of where you want to be with six weeks out and before training camp, we've, we've had everything we wanted to do accomplished. I guess we're more excited to, you know, I'm tired of looking at these coaches every day and you guys. So I guess it's really, really ready for some players to be around and see some real athletes around here instead of looking at you guys. What's the reason for you to, to take the coaching staff up to Kamloops? I mean, I think it's kind of a no-brainer, but. Well, you want to they you want to familiarize yourself with the situation and the lay of the land. You don't want to just see it sight unseen for that first day and then try to plot out your course of action that type. You want to be proactive instead of reactive. So just to go up familiarize yourself with the area and the landscape, the lay of the land, meeting set up and everything, you want to try to have, a you know, because it's going to be chaotic that first two or three days anyway, so you want to have control of chaos. Uh, we kicked this around earlier. One of the special things about this league, and you know it, is, you know, you, your enemies on the field, but you all descend on one location and you're out at the same restaurants, out at the same bars, just talking football, having a good time. That really is special, isn't it? Well, it's like a brotherhood. You know, you compete on the field. I'm like most coaches in the league, and I'm pretty close with a bunch of them. And you get the – it's cool because you can talk shop, but you really – it's funny because you get – as the more of the drink started falling, the lips lips get looser, and then they're like, "Oh man, I shouldn't have said that." Because then they, so that's why the best part about it is you go and you get them all liquored up and see what they snitch and tell. I think I think what you know, like when guys are playing Madden and they're putting their teams together and everything else, and you've got your team out there, it's kind of like real life 
you yeah, know, video games. I feel, like, games I feel in a like, sense. like I'm like you know in that coach mode. You yeah. get on the Madden, you go on the coach mode. It's, it's, that's that's all it is. Right. Too bad that none of the defenses that they have on there works in CFL. It doesn't translate over. Could play that for hours, indeed. No, I, I really, I'm not really good at Madden. I'm like uh, one of those goofy video games, Call of Duty. Fortnite? Uh, no, I play that with my nephew, but then he gets mad because he's like, Uncle D, he's so country too. He's like, Uncle Devon, you suck. I can't play with you no more. Man. <laughs> Uncle Devon. Oh, yeah. He he gets so mad because we play. He'd be like, you always die. I'm like, hey, man, this is what it is. That, on, on that note, did you hear um, – from the Phillies, went in and smashed a TV last season because they were all playing Fortnite during games, yeah. yes. of all things. In the clubhouse. Was it? I've yeah. never been a – most of yeah, they've never been good the, at it. Uh, never the, a video, uh, team, video game guy. The, um, Don't get it. The Blue Jays are, like, limiting the time or something. They're, like, the new new managers, like, you can only play the game between this and this time. The hockey team here wouldn't the even let them play it on the road. Yeah, ban it on road trips. Wow, that's crazy. Like, is that where we're at now? You're having to well, tell. Well, I guess as a guy who's never played that, they say it's it's distracting. Yeah, like it is very. Could, it is. Carlos did, Santana was you, the player you were thinking right. of. You could play. By the way, you could play it for. The, you could play it for like hours. But I mean, hours. is that where we're at now? Where you don't have? I mean, you've got the self discipline to be a professional athlete at the highest level possible, 1%, but you don't 1%. have. But you don't have the personal discipline to say, "I think I should put this down now, and go to sleep." Like, yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? If, if a video game is what keeps you out of the bar and keeps you from getting into some trouble outside, well, it keeps you off the field too. Obviously, I apparently. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. I, 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 if you have a tr- tough time showing up to the game, I guess. Well, I could. but you know, I disagree with that. I think anything in an extreme, yeah, being out in the bar to an extreme moderation. is bad. Playing video games instead of being at the bar to the point where you're not going to bed till four or three is bad. I'd rather have my guys going out and having a couple beers. Building some camaraderie, coming back by ten, three, or eleven o'clock, going to bed, and getting up ready to play. Oh, why do you think none of these guys will stand up for each other on the ice? They see their guy getting piled into the boards from behind. Everyone just stands around looking for quarters because no one has any interest in defending them. You know why? Because none of them know each other. Right. Yeah. And sometimes uh, you play better when you've gone out a bit. Too well, that's late, a, so. well, that's the uh, the lost art. I think that's imperative, especially like myself as being a first year head coach. You want to establish that family and that cohesiveness of, like, guys actually, like, like each other. And you want to do off-the-field things where, like, during that in my house, like, once a week we'll do D-line night. Every positional coach has to take their guys out as a group yeah. once a week. Classic team Barnett. bonding. But you get that, and not only that, you get to see what the players are like in a personable social setting. So you can say, okay, he was an asshole on the field, but he's not an asshole in person in real life. You know what I mean? Like, that's just it. So now you get to really know him for a real person. And if even if he is, so what? He does his job. I mean, you're not yep. going to get along with everybody you work with. That's, yeah, you don't have to really like everybody. You just got to respect them. And you better either own your own business or cut grass because what else is there? I mean, you Cutting grass, you might own your own business too. Could. That's <laughs> what I'm aiming for. Yeah. Well, thanks oh, for stopping in. I got one no, more. go ahead. Um, speaking of baseball, did y'all see when Mike Trout came, the song that he came out to? No. No. What? <laughs> he came out to money, money, money. You know, he's money, money, money. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Like oh. the money, 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 money. Now, oh, was, was, awesome. was that the Angels that played that or the team they were playing played that? The team, the team, he, it was the Angels played that as his walk up song. That's so they as his own walk, walk up, up at song. that yeah. music. Yeah. He what signed you, a huge deal. What do you think of that deal? It's going to get there eventually. 
I have no problems with that. I mean, someone said, no. "Oh, the average teacher makes whatever he makes it in that." But if you're if you're the world's best teacher, you will what make that Mike kind of money. What would Mike Trout mate on the open market? He's exactly. the like, he's the best player in the world, or he's the best performer in the world at what he does. Do you have a problem with with? We were talking about Tom Cruise earlier. Tom Cruise goes out and makes twenty million dollars for a movie. That movie could be terrible. Mm-hmm. Does, does everybody demand that he give the money back? He's paid thir- First of all, the angels believe that they will make more money over and above whatever they're paying him. So clearly, hundred percent. It's like if you own a trucking company and you have ten trucks and your business is really good, what do you buy? More trucks. You keep on trying to expand your business. Right. They're just in expanding their business. They growing own the him now for right. Growing the market, they're going to make it back. They believe in tickets, merchandise, what it, food, whatever it is. They believe they're going to make more than that's just a product. That's just a product. That's all he is. He's a product they're trying to sell. Yep. And he's, you know, he's the best product on the market. Thanks again to head coach Devon Claybrooks. You know him as at Biscuit9595 on Twitter. The pride of Virginia. It's Matt and Jamie here wrapping up episode five. Uh, man, this was so much fun. We're going to do another one this week, I think. I was just thinking, a late thanks to, he brought in Church's Chicken last week. Remember and he let that? us have some. That yeah. was great. It's delish. It's delish. Um, yeah, it's good to have, yeah, let's do another one this week. This, I was terrible and I, I apologize. I think, I don't know. You're right. I think they're all oh, it must terrible. Have been, it was those two donuts you crushed. My brother texted me, um, Tim Cartmel, Ward 9, City Council, Edmonton. Uh, he said that he loves them, so... Making Edmonton great again? Yeah, something right? like that. No, he's he's an effective leader. So he loves what? The podcast? Yeah. All right. Text, I texted him. I'm sorry, we now we're going on a bit too long. I texted him because TSN had this thing about top 10 NBA all-star um, moments. Right. And number 10 was Marvin Gaye singing the, the national anthem, I think at the 1981 yeah. all-star, which we watched live. So I just, <laughs> I was sitting beside Sydney and I said... I'll, I will text your Uncle Tim right now and say to him, best NBA all-star moment, and I'll bet you anything he says Marvin Gaye singing the National Anthem in 1981. Sure shit. Texted him and said, what's your, and you just said, Marvin Gaye. I said, thank you. Was it a Carl Lewis type anthem? Was that No, you watch it on YouTube. Marvin Gaye singing the National Anthem at the NBA All-Star Game is unbelievable. It's so good. It is so good. He he has people clapping to the National Anthem towards the end. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. It is so good. American National Anthem. Thanks, Why would you, yeah. We'll, Thanks, we'll expand on it in episode six later this week. Good job today. You clutched I up. was terrible. You're good. You got chops. Eh, I don't know. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.